Hey, Pulse Takers, and welcome to our Supplier Engagement mini-series. I'm your host, Kevin Miner, and in this seven-part mini-series, I interview suppliers live at the 2023 NASPO Exchange in Salt Lake City, Utah. We discuss forming relationships and how to make the contracting process smoother. Today, I'm talking with Nathan Fry, Managing Partner of ISG Public Sector. Give us a like and follow us wherever you get your podcast and enjoy the show. Fry, and I'm the managing partner of ISG's public sector practice. ISG is a global IT research and advisory firm, and I lead the public sector practice of that. We're divided into uh, areas that focus on research, but then also on consulting and delivery. And my team of professionals are dedicated to the public sector practice, and we work regularly in state and local government across the United States. Uh, We also, particularly for the uh, NASPO uh, community, we are one of the three providers on the IT research and advisory portfolio, and in that covers really your traditional subscription research services and advisory or consulting services relative to uh, related topics within our research, uh, research portfolio. And that's actually a great segue into my first question, Nathan, is I just want to talk a little bit about relationships. How do you introduce yourself to a chief procurement officer? And then how do you, how do you maintain those relationships with the um, procurement professional? Well, it, we mostly, through events like the NASPO Exchange, we will cover uh, these relationships. And, of course, over our many years, we've been in practice for uh, 25 years in the public sector space. So we've encountered a lot of the state procurement organizations through our normal channels, but also through events like the NASPO Exchange Conference, where we're able to network one-on-one, uh, meet new people that come into the market. Over 20 years, there's been a lot of change in the uh, in the space and who are those players. And this is a great opportunity to meet those individuals, learn what their priorities are, and to uh, take that back and then work with that as we're out in the market on a daily basis, uh, responding to procurements, but also assisting procurements organizations with with their services. Do you find because you are involved, you are already involved with NASPO and value point contracts that when you come to something like this, it's, it's, you kind of have a unique perspective. I think we do have a unique perspective just in that we understand kind of both sides of this relationship. Even though we are a supplier, we often work closely with the procurement organizations as they execute their, their roles. So we can see both sides in terms of uh, our experience uh, it, as sort of a customer of the procurement process because we're responding to bids and proposals, uh, negotiating statements of work for our own services, but we're also assisting you know, those procurement professionals in the field as they are taking on a major, say, IT procurement where they may not have the specific subject matter expertise or they may just not have enough capacity at the moment to manage that solicitation, we can step in and support and assist that. So in in meeting with other procurement professionals here at the NASPO Exchange, 
it is feeling like we're part of a community and yet we can learn from them what their priorities are because that seems to be changing a lot here in recent days as they prioritize ways to make procurements more efficient and effective for themselves, how they can target better cost effectiveness for their uh, their own constituents in state government. All those different aspects come into play and we're able to collaborate on some of those ideas, maybe throw out some things that we can't always say in a procurement process, but here's something that we think might make the process better. And, and we appreciate that opportunity to interact in a more uh, casual setting, but also something that's professional in terms of focus and timeliness of what we're all doing in the market. You know, speaking of inclusion, um, one of the really important parts of the process, on the state side anyway, is um, including the attorneys, um, especially more towards the beginning of the process. How do you successfully work with government attorneys? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, a lot of our work in this space is procurement related around technology projects. So. In that process, we are involved often from the initial business case idea through a procurement strategy onward to the solicitation evaluation and often even contract negotiation. So all along that way, uh, there's opportunities and probably the right place for legal to have input and participation. Now, although our primary point of contact often is the particular buyer or uh, the procurement lead for that opportunity, uh, we also keep an eye out for the areas where our experience says this could be a legal issue. It may be a term and condition consideration of what's in the state's standard terms and conditions and policies, procedures, all those things with an eye to look to the, uh, the legal counsel and, and see where they should be involved and we would expect their input. So often that includes working with uh, someone like the attorney general's office, depending on the, how the state is structured. They might be contract attorneys within the contract management division, but those are all uh, individuals that we would say, okay, here is an opportunity where we think legal input's required, and then we would you know, turn to them for that, that advice. If there's one thing that you could say to state attorneys, just maybe, maybe a piece of helpful advice or suggestion, what would it be? I think it would be to keep an open mind about changes that are happening in the market because we, an example would be a lot of our projects these days are going from systems that were previously on-premise to the cloud or software as a service. And as we start to work with the procurement office, we find that some of the standard terms and conditions or our historical contract structures may not be consistent with the way the market is working in the cloud these days or how you're buying software on a subscription basis rather than a license basis. So often we try to invest time up front to talk with them about why these changes are relevant, why not adapting to that construct in the market may limit competition. It may drive prices higher. So I would just say to keep that open mind that things are changing. Now, there are legitimately cases where state statute requires something uh, particular that they may feel is non-negotiable. And if that's the case, we should prepare for that early in the procurement. We can state that in the procurement document. We can discuss it during the Q&A period. 
and we can talk to procurement and the, say, agency customer about what impact that may have, who may choose not to bid, or what may be the impacts on competition overall, or this is going to drive up costs. So getting in front of those issues with the attorneys is is one of the things we like to do. And the other thing I would say is, I, I believe as a professional in this space, we try to understand that they have a particular role and we're supporting them. So it's not to uh, usurp any of their authority or uh, try to uh, overrule something they believe is important, but yet we will work with them in a collaborative fashion to get to the ultimate goal for the, the state customer. Sure, that was excellent answer, by the way. Um, <clears throat> so in, in, in keeping with that, and you, you, you did touch on this a little bit, but in keeping with that, what is the best way for public procurement officials to educate you on, procure, on the procurement process and on changes and updates? How, how do you want them to help you? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is a challenge because uh, our firm has currently I think w between active engagements, uh, state term contracts, other cooperative agreements, I think we have something like 35 different contracts and relationships in play at the moment. So keeping up with changes across 35 different organizations is certainly a challenge. And, and I, I do that partially as a team effort. I divide my staff up into kind of regions or areas of interest, and we just watch the market for what's happening. Obviously, some changes in procurement organizations and structures are more broadly known than others, so we watch for those and try to uh, stay on top of them, particularly in areas where we are currently doing business or where we may be thinking that you know there's a future opportunity there. But in more pragmatic fashion, one of the main ways I stay up to date is by going to the procurement website for whatever state or organization that is, mm -hmm. looking on there, looking for current events section, uh, notice of updates, or it, it could be an, uh, an FAQ area is really one of the things I turn to most in terms of, hey, if if I've got this question, maybe someone else does. So we often look to those, and, and ideally, uh, it would be truly questions that are frequently asked, not just the most basic things, but there are some states and organizations that have a real knowledge base of things that have come in, common questions about the procurement process, who to contact, how to get help. And I, I always enjoy those when I can search them and actually find my answer. But the one more thing I'll add to that is, if possible, uh, an easy-to-find phone number so you can actually talk to a live person. Okay. Because sometimes I might spend two or three hours searching a website for mm -hmm. an answer that, in my mind, I know if I could just speak to someone, yeah. Yeah. I'd get an answer quickly. It would be easy for them. I would have the answer, and, and we could move on. That face-to-face. -face, well, at least the, or the, the human The human element. interaction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And even if in, in these times of staffing shortages, if, if that's not possible— even just a, a monitored email address. So submit a question, get a reply, and maybe facilitate that conversation a bit in, in that way. But sure. That, Got to start somewhere. Helpful. Yes. Right? Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that's how you get the phone number. That's, that's right. There you go. Sometimes that is, can I call, can I yeah. call you? Yeah, please. <laughs> Pretty please. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Nathan Fry, thank you so much for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. 
Thanks for stopping by today, Pulse Takers. If you enjoyed this episode, we have many, many more resources just like it on our website. That's naspo.org. Again, make sure you leave us a like, a follow, a comment, whatever it is you do. I'm Kevin Miner. Until next time. <laughs>